Good morning. Good morning. Come on in. Sit down. Why everybody still standing? Let's go. Let's go. I'm itching to get started. Anybody here for the first time today? Anybody for the first time? Welcome. Welcome. Amen. Welcome. Welcome. Come on. All right, you picked a doozy to show up today, man. All right. All right, can we really can we really kind of come in and settle in? I want to uh I really want to share I really want to share something I mean, I say this every week. I, I'm really excited about what I want to share this, this morning. I'm really excited about the word God has for us today. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray for a moment. Let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Father, Father, you've already prepared and given us your word. I, I ask you this morning to prepare the ground, Lord. That it would be good ground, that it would be good soil. I ask you right now that you would remove the distractions from the enemy. Understand that our, our kids' yells and cries, those are not distractions. That's what makes us family. That's okay. I'm asking that God would remove the real distractions in the room. Remove our, our preconceived ideologies and our biases and our prejudices and remove offense right now. And prepare us to be encouraged, enlightened, convicted, and challenged by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I, I almost promised that I'm going to offend some of you today, so let me give you the email right off the bat so you know where to send your hate mail to. Um, this week it'll be Ephraim at sanctuaryfellowship.org. Just send all your gripe and everything to Ephraim, Ephraim at sanctuaryfellowship.org. All right, here's the, quote of the, here's the quote of the day. Here's my scandalous quote of the morning. Here it is. Ready? Listen, because this is total heavy. Listen, listen. Listen, listen. If all, you got it up there for me? If all you carry into the present are the old bricks from the past, then you'll only end up building the same house that fell apart before. Good night. I'm done. Leave it. Leave that up there. All right, it's January 17th. It's the third week of our Reset Challenge. And the only reason some of you even showed up today is because you did not win the Powerball. <laughs> Can we be honest? Let's be truthful this morning, amen? That's all I was hearing in the, in the corporate world at my job. That's all we've been talking about for the last three weeks. What's the first thing you're going to do when you hit the billion? What's the first thing? Listen, listen, listen. The, no money in the world can buy the satisfaction of being where God wants you to be. No money. The, 
best place to be is in the center of God's perfect will. Amen? Okay, so you guys didn't win so sad, too bad. Ponte una curita, we're good to go. It's week three of our challenge and it's high gear. We're kicking it into high gear this morning. Week one was about prayer. It was about resetting and, and restarting a prayer life. And the challenge was to take time to connect with God. More, more than, God, you know, help me pass this test. God, help me find a parking. God, help me hit the Powerball. You know, more than that, connecting with God. Actually saying, God, lead me. God, direct me. God, help me with these decisions. God, help me in this relationship. God help me in this job, in this workplace with my children. God help me. It was connecting with God. Hopefully some of you did that. Hopefully you developed some better habits. Hopefully, you know, you, 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 you're bringing those do-overs to God and, you, and when you blow it, you reset it. And when you blow it, you reset it and you come to God and you say, God, let me, let me try again. God, let me make it right. And if you have to do it every day, you do it every day. You come to God and you reset and you bring your do-over and you say, God, let me, let me do this again. Let me try this again. Amen? Week two, we added fasting. And, and some of you fasted a meal, some of you fasted a favorite food, some of you fasted, you know, whatever. We talked about fasting other things, maybe social media, maybe whatever other stuff. The whole point of fasting is to make God a priority. So, so that you understand, I love putting it this way, a fast limits what goes in so that we can work on what comes out. It limits what comes in so that we can work on what goes out. All right. And Josh and Lee shared a powerful word last week. This changes everything. And the truth of the matter is, if you did week one and you did week two, you have the ability and the ingredients to really change everything. If if you connect with God on a daily basis in prayer, if you connect with God on a weekly basis through fasting, that will change everything. When you change your focus, it changes everything. And listen, I want to tell you this. If you didn't do any of it, if you're feeling like real convicted and guilty right now, and you're feeling like a real scrub right now because you haven't done anything, you, it's not too late. You can start now. Amen? You can start again. It's a do-over. Amen? You guys got that do-over stuff. Amen. All we're trying to do, I want you to get this, all we're trying to do at the start of every year is develop a pattern to live by for the rest of the year. That's all this is. It's a trick. It's just to get you to build some habits, to get you to build a way of living, training for godliness, so that we can carry that out for the rest of, of the year. Amen. See, if you spent one week being mindful that we should connect with God through prayer and, and that you can make better decisions, that you can have fewer regrets asking God to lead you, you're exercising spiritual gifts. Amen? And so if you did that for a week, when week two came and you added fasting, hopefully the habit of prayer sticks and stays and now we're just adding fasting. Amen? And so it's a building thing. You, you understand? We, 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 we're just aligning our heart with the will of God by drawing close to Him. Okay, week three. Week three now is worship. This is, is to reset and a lifestyle of worship. Now, I want you to understand something. Because some of you say, oh, worship, I got that. I come up to the front on Sundays. I lift my hands. I do the dance. I get down. I get sweaty. I, I, I got the worship thing. 
And then some of you say, oh, you know, listen, bro, singing is not my thing. I'm not a singer. Don't expect me to, you know, get up there and raise my hands. Don't expect me to look stupid up in the front and don't expect me. That's not my thing, you know. So this, this part of the challenge ain't going to work for me, you know. Listen, lunkhead, worship, worship is about more than singing. Although singing is a part of worship. Worship is about more than standing, although that's a form of worship. Standing in reverence before the Lord. Worship is more than lifting your hands in surrender, although that's a form of worship. Amen? And listen, this might be shocking to some of you. Worship is so common to us. It's so in us. We're so wired for worship that sometimes we're worshiping and we don't even know that we're worshiping or who we're worshiping. Powerball was the perfect example. I can't stop using that because it was the perfect... People losing their minds, spending hundreds that they don't have on tickets for the chance to, to, to you know, to, to get... To, to, listen, money, you, money can't be worshipped. Can you hear me today? Money, God says you can't love me and love money. You, the love of money that you can't do it. If you're not careful, you might not realize that if you're, you're putting your trust in a machine that's spitting out numbers that has no worry and care for you. Money is so deceiving because money can buy fake love. Money can buy fake attention. Money can buy fake friends, fake compliments, fake friendships, fake peace. I know some of you are like, yeah, but God, try me. I'm good with it, though. <laughs> try me, though. I bet you I could do it. Try me. Drop, drop a couple mil on me. Try me. Test me in this, God. <laughs> But listen, money, money can't buy the peace that God gives. Look at, you want a perfect example. Look at the lives of all the famous people that we watch on TV. All the sports stars, all the people that got more money than they can wipe themselves with, right? And what happened? They still get divorced. They still are miserable. They still get depressed. They still lose friends. They still get addicted to drugs. Can you imagine having millions and still using a $10 crack? Or, you know what I'm saying? Can you, um, it baffles me, but it, 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 it shouldn't because money can't buy that piece. I'm sorry, it can't. Some people worship their jobs. How? Because you're saying, God, I put all my trust in my boss. I put all my trust in this job. And, and if I could only get to this position, if I can only get that, you're putting your trust where it doesn't belong. Some people worship food. I'm not trying to be funny. But some of us find comfort in food. We find peace in food. And, and when, you, when, you're, when your comfort is in something, when your peace is in something other than God, you're in trouble. Some people worship relationships. This one makes me crazy. They worship a man or a woman. They come to church asking God for a relationship. God, I'm here so I can find a good man, so I can find a good woman. They find them and they're out. Really? 
They find, as soon as they get hooked up, they're out. They don't come back no more. And, and then it's like, oh, you're my life. You're my love. You're the joy of my life. You're the, no. That's worship. Do you understand that's worship? When you tell another person, you are my life. You are my, that's worship. Listen, I love my wife. You can't love my wife more than I love my wife, but she doesn't complete me. Amen? She's not my life. She gives me life. Some, she gives me joy and, and all of that, but that's, she can't meet those. I'm putting too much pressure on her. Come on. Music is just one aspect. And so this week I challenge you to watch where your idols are. Watch where, who, and when you worship. That's your challenge for this week. And, and when you catch yourself trusting something or someone or some system other than God, reset it. This could change everything. Reset it. Say, God, I'm sorry. You first, God. That's it. You don't, you don't need fancy prayer. God, I'm, ooh, God, mm, I'm sorry. You first. I'm sorry, Lord. I forgot that you're where my help comes from. I, I forgot that you are my glory and the lifter of my head. I forgot. I, I thought she completed me, but I forgot that I'm completing Christ. For, for a minute, I thought my boss was my provider, but I forgot that your name is Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. I, 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 I'm sorry, God. I forgot that you are the one that supplies all of my needs according to your riches and glory. Uh, and, and if you got it for me, then nobody can stop it or take it from me. And if you don't want it from me, then I don't need it. Come on, somebody. I, I forgot that my flesh and my heart may fail, but God, you are my strength and my source forever. I was turning to people and things for comfort. I forgot that you are the God of all comfort who comforts us in our trouble so that we can comfort those who need. I was relying on others. I was relying on myself. I thought I got this, but I forgot that you can do immeasurably more than I can ask or imagine. Come on. Those were all scriptures, but I'm going to take you to a scripture this morning. I want to share a story with you. Please, nobody step out. Please lean in. Don't fall asleep. Look at the person next to you. Make sure hit them with an the elbow. You have my permission to break their ribs. Just, just get them. Get, get, stay, stay with me, will you? Stay with me for this story, this little story. This is, this is what happens because it's such an awesome story. This is what happens. It's in the scripture. It's not my story. It's a scripture story, okay? And this is what happens when we forget things that God has said to us. And the things that God has done for us. And the times that he's been there to focus us. And, and, you know, look what happens. I want you to see this. Look what happens when we lose our focus and don't watch our worship. You with me? This is a great example right here in the scriptures. Uh, and I love the way God handled this. He's such a good father. You're going to see this at the end. The story I'm talking about, you can find. I don't have time to read the whole story. It's about four chapters long, uh, this part. And it's, it's found in Daniel. Daniel 1, 2, 3, and 4. And I'm telling you that so you know where to find it so, so you don't think I'm making stuff up and so that you check it and make sure that I'm not making stuff up because this Cuban gets a little crazy. So it's the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. Anybody remember King Nebuchadnezzar? Right? Some of you know this whole story. Stick with me. I promise it's worth it. Amen? Don't, don't get this song. I've heard this story a million times. We preached this for... Just, just, just listen. Guide it. Just listen. We never get any smarter by talking. We always get smarter by listening. Amen? 
So it's the story of King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar was a mighty king of Babylon. He was the first Trump. He, he was Trump. He was so into himself. He rebuilt all of Babylon. And even today, archaeologists find the bricks from the remains. Nine out of ten bricks has his inscription on the brick. You talking about vanity? Nine out of ten bricks that they discover has his, it's like Trump. It says Nebuchadnezzar, but I guess that name is too big, so, you know. So, I mean, he was, he was so, he was a secular king, so, you know, like, 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 like many of us here, he had many encounters with God. And this is what I want you to see. This was not a godly king. This is not a, a, a king that, you know, was, was brought up uh, uh, in a godly place or from godly lineage. This was a secular king. Totally, you know, he's, he's totally into himself and everything. But he has these encounters with God. And that's what I want you to see. One of the first encounters he had with God was when he sent his servants to get the Israelites. See, he was this mighty king. He had this mighty kingdom. And so what he did was he would take young people, even from the, the Israelites, even from God's people, he would have his servants go out and find him the youngest, the strongest, the smartest, the best looking so the sharpest, the cream of the crop of young people, and he would bring them into his, into his court, and he would train them for three years. And in this training, he was training them to serve the king. He was training them in his ways, in his, in his doctrines, in his theologies, in, in, in all his ways. He was See, because the enemy always knows to go after the young people. Listen, this is important. The enemy always gets the young people because if he can indoctrinate them from young then he can teach them how to think and how to react. And so that's what he does. He, he grabs these. And so there he met this group of four young people who were sold out for God. I mean, these guys must have had awesome parents. These were parents that were on them, that was instilling, that was living out the word of God in their house so that the kids see that it's not fake, that it's not church and then different at home. Come on, somebody. And so they must have had awesome, the word doesn't tell us, but I'm saying these guys were so sold out, they must have had somebody pouring into them, amen? They must have had some awesome youth pastor someplace just kind of pouring into them. And so the, these guys came into the service because they couldn't refuse, you were slaves, the king says this, you, you, you have to do it. And so they're brought into the service and they refused to eat and drink the king's menu. And then when they were tested, the king found them stronger, wiser, and ten times better than any of the men that were in his kingdom. And so this is important because it shows us how God engages us in different ways through different people, right? So God already, so King Nebuchadnezzar already sees that these four young people that are sold out for God are already wiser, stronger, and better than any of his people because they serve God. And so he acknowledges that, right? So now after that, the king in his second year of reign, the king has a dream that troubles him and it doesn't let him sleep. And so the king does what he does. He calls all the brujos. All the, the, the astrologers, all the diviners, all the, the fortune tellers, all his magicians, he caused them all to interpret his dream. And nobody could do it. Imagine, these guys are the king's astrologers, the king's magicians, the king's espiritistas and brujerias and santerias. These are the king's brujos. And he tells them, the, and nobody can interpret it. The king is so mad, he says, kill all of them. You're talking about this is, a, this is like a mighty king that has a serious ego problem, right? 
He says, kill all of them. And so before the, the king's servants are able to go put that, Daniel steps in and stops the king's guard. He says, wait, 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 wait. Don't kill everybody. What, what, what's the problem? Let me help. And so Daniel comes in. And so the king tells him, he, he says, the king tells him, oh, yeah, if you can help, then tell me my dream and interpret it. Do you understand what that is? Tell me my dream. I'm not even going to tell you my dream so you can interpret it. You tell me what I dreamt, and then you tell me the interpretation. I mean, was he setting them up for failure or what? That, Gary, is that hardcore? Like, Gary, can you decipher this dream for me? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. You tell me what the dream is. And you, what? You, how, you know, you got to be tight with God to know the dream and the interpretation. So anyway, Daniel prays. Daniel says, listen, I can't do anything, but the God that I serve can do all things. And so right in front of him, Daniel prays, Daniel asks God for revelation, and then, boom, Daniel drops the, the dream, he tells him exactly what he dreamt, and then he gives him insight into it. That's amazing, right? So the king has another encounter with God, two encounters with God. He sees that God is real, and God is powerful. The king, this is the king's words, he says, he, the king answered and said to Daniel, truly, your God is the God of gods. And he is the Lord of kings. And he is a revealer of mysteries. So Nebuchadnezzar has his second encounter. In two encounters, he already sees that God provides, that God gives wisdom, that God gives strength. And he sees that God can see even what he doesn't share. Say amen. And so you know the story. The king is so full of himself. He has this huge statue built of him. Back then, this was before the iPhone with the, with the camera, so they couldn't take selfies, so they would make statues. So this is the Old Testament selfie. He makes a 90-foot statue. It's 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. Just to give you a, a reference, the Statue of Liberty, from her heel to her head, is 111 feet. This is a 90-foot statue and it's hammered in gold. Gold has gold leaf hammered all around it. And it's gold. A gold. Okay, so you know, somebody said that's big. Okay, so then he has this dedication ceremony, and he brings all of Babylon's best DJs. And, and he has all the DJs ready to spin. And he tells everybody that's gathered, he says, when the beat drops, everybody's gonna bow down and worship the image. All right, they didn't have DJs, but he says, when, when you hear the harps and the flutes and the, and, and the instruments, same thing, you know, that was from that time. Come on, you, you know, this, that doesn't matter, you know what I'm saying? So when the beat drops, he says, everybody's going to bow down and worship the king. And so, and boom, so the beat drops, and, and these four boys are like, they were the original thug life. They were like, Imagine hundreds, thousands of people down and these four, four little guys, little teenagers. And so the king gets mad and the king comes to them and the king said, you, are you guys crazy? Understand something. When you hear the music again, you're going to bow down and worship. And, and, and the little dudes say, listen, listen, king. We don't care what you said. You're the king and all that, but he, this is what they said. They said, our God is able to deliver us because he tells them, listen, if you don't bow down, I'm going to throw you into the furnace. I'm going to put you in like a penil, right into an oven, alive, and you're going to burn. That's a big threat, right? Nobody here wants to be a penil. 
right? And so he said, I'm going to throw it. And he said, listen, our God is able to deliver us from the furnace. And even if he doesn't, that's thug life. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down and we're not going to worship any image that you set up. And so what happens, of course, they don't bow. The music starts, the DJ drops it, bam, they don't bow down. And so he orders them thrown into the furnace. And so he, he, the, he's so mad, he orders the furnaces extra hot. So the people that throw him into the furnace, they explode. Read your word, Daniel. They catch fire and explode because the furnace is so hot. He throws these three guys into the furnace. And, and what happened? You know the story. They didn't burn. They didn't burn. They're walking around. They were thrown in hand, bound in foot. And the word says in there they were walking around in the fire. And, and then the king notices in front of all the thousands of people there that there was three kids thrown into the fire. But there's four people walking around in the fire. And one is like the son of God. And so, so, so the king himself goes up to the fire and he calls them out. And when he gets them out, he notices that even their hair isn't singed. Even their clothes don't smell like smoke. And, and the king says this. He says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, I make a decree. Any people, any nation or language that speaks against this God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruin. For there is no other God who is able to rescue in such a way. So this secular king, this non-God-following king, has now three encounters with the living God. And each time, God has been gracious to him. And each time, God has shown him something different about himself. He showed him that God is a sustainer. He showed him that God is a revealer of mysteries. And, then, and, and now he says with his own lips, God is a deliverer. This God of theirs, he's able to rescue. Listen, now, even, even though at the moment he acknowledges God, this is a secular king, not a man of God. At the moment he acknowledges God, he, he doesn't make God his Lord. He says, yes, this is the right God. This is the God of gods. This is the Lord of kings. This is the king of lords. He, he, he says all the right things, but he doesn't make God his God. Listen, listen. He continues to do things his own way, and he always goes back to his old ways. Some of us listening today are like the king. We've had encounters with God where he's shown us his provision. We've had experiences with God where he's shown us his compassion. We've experienced his grace. We've seen his ability to tell us what we haven't even spoken to anybody yet, anybody in this building. And just like the king, we've declared, you are real, God. You are powerful, God. You are a good God, but we don't change anything. At the beginning of Daniel chapter 4, we even see the king worshiping a little bit. 
If you look at the beginning of Daniel chapter 4, he's praising God. He says in verse 2, It seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs, how mighty are His wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. So you think, now, this king is worshiping God. He's a Christian, right? He's sold out. He's, he's a God follower, but he's not. Not yet. Because look what happens in verse 4. The king has another dream. See, we could be worshiping God in verse 3, and one verse later, something happens in our life, and we, and we forget everything that happened before. Verse 4, he has another dream, and it makes him afraid. This dream scares him. It makes him afraid. And, and here's where it starts to get crazy. Knowing what he knows, knowing who he knows, he still calls for all the wise men of Babylon to come interpret the dream. He still calls for all the brujos, all the santeros. He still calls for, for all the witches. He still calls for the astrologers. He still calls the people that he wanted to kill last time because they had no power. He calls for them again. And, and none of them could interpret the dream for him until Daniel gets there. And then Daniel gets there, and this dream is a really cool picture, but I don't have time to tell you the dream. You could go read it in Daniel chapter 4. It's an awesome dream. But the point of this is this. The dream is a sign and a warning. Please hear me right now. Don't, don't, don't nod out. Hear me right now. This dream is a sign and a warning. Daniel tells him, this dream is about you. That big tree that you see, there's a big tree in the dream and the tree is being cut down. Daniel says, that dream, that tree is you. And Daniel tells him, God has decreed that you shall be driven. Listen to this warning, to this word from God to him about his dream. That God has decreed that you shall be driven from among men and that your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. You shall be made to eat grass like an ox and you shall be wet with the dew of heaven and seven periods of time shall pass over you till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. So listen, listen, he tells the king, God, he tells the king, God says you're going to lose your mind. What God is telling you in this dream is you're going to lose your mind. And for the next seven seasons of your life, you're going to act like an animal. You ever seen somebody that just rejects God and their heart gets so hardened, they're like animals. They do things they would never see themselves doing. They find themselves in places that before they would never have even been to. You still with me? Daniel tells him, therefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness. He tells him, king, you, you've been good to me, king. Listen, king, please take my counsel. Break off your sins and pursue righteousness. This is now his fourth encounter with God. God has shown him his wisdom, his ability, his sovereignty, his power, and now God has even told him what's going to happen to him because he's had all these encounters and nothing's changed. 
I'm challenging us with this story today because I feel some of us are right here at this point in our lives. Listen, I struggle with this message. I try to make it softer. I try to erase some things, but God would not let me. And so I have to just be be faithful and just deliver his word this morning. This might shrink the church. It's okay. But I feel like some of us are right here at this point in our lives. God has spoken to us. He's shown himself strong. He's shown himself sovereign. But we continue to be stubborn. We continue to be prideful. We continue to do things our own way. To go back to our old ways and to hang on to the things that we used to hang on to. We know what God wants us to, how God wants us to walk, but but we still walk our own way. We know how he wants us to treat people and we refuse. We, we say we forgive, but we don't forget. We say, surely God is king of kings and God of gods, but we walk like he's not our God. Church, we're training for godliness. That's what this challenge is about. Some of us don't think, listen to me, please. Some of us don't think that we can live godly lives because we've done too much because we have too many issues, because we come from a bad background, because we've done a lot of bad stuff, and we think that we can't live godly. We've made too many mistakes. Some of us think we live godly lives, and we don't. Because listen, it's not what we think that matters. It's not our definition. It's God's definition. Stay with me, please. Some of us have that attitude and the tattoo, only God can judge me, son. And that's right. Only God can judge you, but he's going to judge you by his definition, not ours. To those that don't think they're qualified, the word says, I loved you before you loved me. While you were still in your funk, I sent my son. While you were still ungodly, before you even tried, before I was even a thought to you, I came to you. So you can be godly. You can live godly. Amen? God says, you've had encounters with me and my desire and my hope is that none should perish. Hashtag all lives matter. I sent my son to pay the price for your iniquity so that you can be in right standing with me. God says we can live godly lives. Some of us think we live godly lives because we do some of the right things. Here's where I make enemies. Some of us think we live godly lives because we do some of the right things and we don't do some of the bad things. Well, we we serve God according to our own definition, our own opinion of what's good. We say, I don't hurt people. Listen, you might not rape and kill people, but you hurt people. You say, I go to church. No, some of you just come to the building. You say, I lift my hands in worship. I put money in the offering. You're trying to to make works your, your, your God. You're trying to pay your way into being good. God's not impressed by what you put in the offering. God says, listen, the offering, the worship, all of that stuff, all of that is nonsense. Are you loving the way I called you to love? Or are you only loving the people that love you? By our definition, we're good people. We're we're living godly. We're mature Christians. By God's definition, we're two-year-olds. 
throwing tantrums when we don't get things our own way. Holding on to grudges and treating people differently. We talk about people. We sow discord. We bring division. We're constantly bringing strife. I'll give you God's, Daniel's words today. Let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off your sins by practicing righteousness. That it may go well with you. Yeah, welcome visitors. Great day to show up today. Pastor really loves us. He's really a loving pastor. He really is nice. How do we do that? How do we practice righteousness by taking this challenge seriously? If you haven't yet, start today. 2 Peter 1.5 says this. This is how we do it. Make every effort to add to your faith goodness. And to your goodness, knowledge. And to your knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. If you possess these, I love this scripture, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Jesus. Family, I want so badly to keep all of us from being unproductive and ineffective. But I can't do it for you. I have to struggle with my own life. I have to struggle with my own issues. Understand, I'm not up here telling you I get all this right. I wrestle with this daily. And then having to be the one that shares it means I'm more accountable. You don't think I wanted to delete half of this? But I can't do it. I I have to take these words and live them out. And I know it's hard, but that's the heart of this challenge. And I hope you can get this today and start over if you have to. Get a do-over. It's day one. Amen? It's day one. Tell somebody it's day one. You want to know what happened to the king? Okay, one of you do, so so the rest of you got to listen. Thank you for that encouragement. This is what happened to the king after he got this warning. Listen. Daniel 4.29. This is what happened to the king. Listen. At the end of 12 months, he was walking on the roof of his royal palace of Babylon. (coughs) And the king answered and he said, is not this great? Can you picture this? This is Trump. He like I got the comb over and everything. (laughs) This is great Babylon. And the king answered and said, Is this not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty? And while the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven, Oh, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom has departed from you. And you shall be driven among men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And you shall be made to eat grass like an ox. And seven periods of time shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he wills. Immediately, the word was fulfilled against Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from among men and he ate grass like an ox and his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers and his nails were like bird's claws. He literally
misery, sometimes the sin in our life, sometimes our pride, our rebellion, literally transforms our bodies. He lost his right mind and he became like an animal, just like the Lord said. What I love about this story is that it doesn't end there. It wasn't, God warns us, we disobey. God warns us, we still stubborn. God punishes us, we die. That's how a lot of us think about God. Verse 34, it says, At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, this is him speaking now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him who lives forever. Listen, at the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor were returned to me. My counselors and my Lord sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven for all of his works are right and his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. Do do you see what happened here? He, He was stubborn. God gave him so many examples. God gave him so many encounters. He was stubborn. He resisted. God said, fine, live without me. And he gave him a period of seven seasons where he lost his mind. And he lived like an animal. And then at the end of that seven seasons, he he called out to God. See, God is into restoration projects, amen? I don't know where you stand today. Listen, you could be at one encounter with God. You could be at number four after the warning. You could be between verse 33 and 34 in your life right now. Where God is humbling you. He's removed everything. And you're like an animal who still comes to church. Trust me. But the good news today is that even God's appointed seasons of tribulation have an expiration date. Come on, some of you be more excited about that. Even Even his times of tribulation in your life, they have an expiration date. And so he said to the king, seven periods of time will pass over you until you know that the Most High rules over the kingdom of men. In the end, his entire kingdom was returned to him and even more greatness was added. Can you tell somebody it's not too late? Worship team, you guys can come. Listen, it's not too late A.W. Tozer, can you put that, this, this, this uh, quote up? Anything God has ever done, he can do now. Anything God has ever done anywhere, he can do here. Anything God has ever done for anyone, he can do for you. I challenge you this week to pray. I challenge you this week to fast. And I challenge you this week to redirect your worship. Stay connected to God through prayer. Read a devotional, read a psalm, read a couple of verses on the train, on the bus. Listen, if you're going to be on Facebook anyway, read those scriptures that people put up. 
You know, the ones that you normally click like just to be a good Christian, but you don't read them because they're too long? Come on. Come on. Derek gives you at least two a week, a day. Read them. When people put up scriptures, it's because they read something that did something for them. Maybe it can speak to you. This week is a challenge for worship. We're going to have services here. We're going to have services at other churches. You don't have to come to every service. We're not trying to keep you out your house all week. But if you need that, if you need that to have a connection, then, then, then you're welcome to come to every service if you want to. That's just there for us to, to, so that we can see that there's other brothers in the Bronx, other sisters in the Bronx that we're, we're pressing on together and we're doing this thing together. Amen? I challenge you this week to watch what you let in. Change what you normally listen to because that's worship too. If, if you're always listening to the stuff on the radio, change it for this week. Watch what you listen this week. Watch what comes in. Watch what you sit under. Watch what you submit to. That's worship too. The heart of this challenge, listen, the heart of this challenge is to create an environment for growth. Church, you cannot be, come. there's no point in coming to church. We gotta grow. You gotta grow. Please hear this. If there, if there aren't any fruits of the Spirit in your life, then maybe you're not connected to the vine. I know you thought it was over. I'm still going in. Listen to me. Listen to me. The church, oh, this is going to be hard. Listen, the church is not an excuse for you. Church people are not an excuse for you. The leadership, that's not an excuse. There is no excuse for those that are connected to the vine not to grow. I've seen plants grow out of cement. In, in, in Mount Vernon, I see trees coming out of rock. The church is no longer an excuse. You say, oh, the church don't feed me. No, bro, you do very well on your own eating everything else, don't you? Feed yourself then. If you don't like the word from this pulpit, feed yourself. Find a pulpit that you can then receive from. That's okay. This church ain't for everybody, I know. But don't, don't stay where you can't grow. Don't be where you can't grow. And don't dare use it as an excuse. Because nobody went and picked you up and made you come here today. Don't use it as an excuse. It's the church. It's the leaders. It's the... No. You have no... If you're connected to the vine, the word says... Watch this. Watch this. When we're, when we're walking with God, we can be in the driest of places and still grow. Watch what God says in, in Jeremiah 17. He said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water. He sends out its roots by the stream and he doesn't fear when the heat comes for its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. It's not about where you are, it's who you are and who your trust is in. It's not location, it's relation. 
There's no winning without warfare. There's no opportunity without opposition. There's no victory without vigilance. For whenever the people of God say, let us arise and build, the enemy says, let us arise and oppose. I don't know where you find yourselves at today. But I felt an urgency in my heart, an urgency in my spirit. Somebody's in between. Some of you got your third encounter with God and you still haven't changed something. You still haven't acknowledged them. You still haven't made them Lord. Some of you have had four, five, six, seven encounters with God where God met you, where God saved you, where God helped you, where God delivered you, where God, God rescued you. And even at the moment, you say, God, you're so good. God, why would you do this for me? I'm a bum. Why would you save me? Why would you help me with this? Why? I don't even go to church. I don't even, I'm not even like one of those people. This is not even like my thing. But God, you've done that. You've said, God, you, you were here for me. But then the next day, you walk the same way. And you went the same way. And I don't know if you're in between verse 33 and 34 where, God's, where God has already just kind of said, my kingdom has departed from you. Until you acknowledge that he's the king. <coughs> I don't know where else to go with this today, but... Can we just open up a space here and open up a space for people to come? Open up a, a let's, let's just create an environment right here at the front where no matter where you are today, you can say, you know, I need, I, I'm asking God for a do-over. I, I want a... I want that to come before you separate yourself from me. I, I want to heed your warning today. I know this is a tough altar call to answer, and I'm not going to make it easy. I'm not going to say, oh, all the other Christians come and stand with them so they can feel better. Someday you're going to have to make a choice, people. Amen? I'm sorry if this is offensive to some. I'm sorry if I'm like kind of in your face and I'm pushing buttons today. Uh, well, I'm not sorry because I, I want to do what God wants me to do. Amen? I want to do, because listen, I want us to be a place, I want us to be a body that's growing. I want us to be a body that's encouraging, that's, that's building. I don't want, I don't want a big place with a lot of animals. Animals. So many churches are full of animals that are hiding from God that are just like that king. They've lost their right mind. And they come in and they hurt people. And they come in the house of God and they hurt people. And they divide people. And they sow discord. And they, and they, they come into this little group and they say, have you, have you, and it's almost like they're animals. They're hunched over. They're, their nails are long like a, like the like the animal and their their hair is like long feather they're animals they're eating grass what does that mean they're eating dirt you eat dirt and you spit dirt and they come over here and they go and they come into church and they could be up in the front worshiping and they'll go to somebody and they go look who's on the worship team 
That person shouldn't be on the worship team. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. That person shouldn't be in leadership. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And they're so in this, and they're animals. I want people to be free today. Can we get free? Can we get free? If that's no other way to say it, right? If that's you, come. We love you. We love you. We're here because we love you. If that's you, come. You've lost everything. Come. You've hurt people. You've broken people. Come. That's what this place is for. This is who we are. We're all broken, messed up people, man. I thought I was living a godly life, but I'm not. Come. Don't be embarrassed. I had to answer this altar call in my office. making a decision today. You say, God, I'm not going to no longer say, God, you're, you're good. God, you're this, but not follow you. If you're coming, it's because you want to follow him. Please. O siéntate. And now will the body of Christ come and surround these that are standing. Show them love, man. Show them that we love them. Show them that we're here. Show them that we're all imperfect. The word says all have sinned. All have fallen short. Nobody here is less and nobody here is better. Would you come and surround them and pray and cry and hug and hold and do whatever you got to do. The worship team is going to play really softly. And we're just going to have more encounters with God right now, right here. I believe God wants to just lift stuff. You've been holding things. You're heavy. Don't be heavy anymore. You said, I can't live godly. God says, you can live godly. You said, that's not my thing. God says, I am your thing. There is no other thing but me. There is no other thing but me, says your God. Come, it's not too late. It's not too late. The worship team will just play softly and just worship really low. Just create an environment for deliverance, an environment that God could rescue in, an environment that God could deliver. Yes. We are so proud of you. 